I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I'll be talking to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. Today, I'm joined by two members of the new lineup of the busker, Old Timer and saxophonist Sean Meachin and new frontman, acoustic-based X-Factor contestant artist Dave Jr., we're going to be talking music, charts, performing, and of course, the all new lineup. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a bit late in the day, but I'm fine. I, well, sorry, but I did bring a cake. Sorry, it's my fault. It's our fault. Yeah, I've it's been eyeballing these these mini cake things. I'll just open that up for you, man. The plastic doesn't make uh, much sound. No, so beautiful you cakes. You're very, beautiful. very welcome to tuck into the cakes. First up, congratulations to you both, the busker has had a great few months since the departure of Dario with a collaboration with Matt James and just a little bit more, a collab with Rekela and Don't Tell Me What To Feel, a brand new look, which I very much approve of, the busker in transition events at St. James Cavalier and a shed load of media coverage. And then you announced new frontman Dave Jr., who is also enjoying chart success with the Goosebumpy Recovering, which is also a collaboration with Matt James and Mickey Margot. At a time when performing art is really suffering, you guys are doing really well. So first up, a massive congratulations. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, thank you. Do you feel like you're doing well? Yes, I feel, uh, personally, as, in a, as a musician, obviously things changed a bit. We don't play as much as we used to before, live, but we're doing a lot more in the studio nowadays. We have a lot more time to dedicate to our live projects and, and to molding our live project a bit better than we used to. Um, obviously, everything we try to do is an improvement, and every day we try to improve. So in terms of charting, in terms of... All that sort of things, all the sort of things which you look for as a musician, we're doing quite well. Yes, I'm very happy with it. In terms of where we want to be, we're very far off. Well, so, we're going to yeah. come to that in a second. Yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, you, you took this time yeah. uh, during the pandemic when you can't perform to tie up with Dave Jr. Which I mean, Dave, you got a big smile on your face. So you look like this was a good choice for you. No, for sure. Um, I always admired. I, I've always seen. I've always crossed paths with the busker. Let's let's put it like that. Um, I record my own songs at Dave Dave Greck's um, studio, which is Top Studio, and Dave Greck is the basest uh, the basis for the busker. Um, Meech and I've known since junior college, um, and we've crossed paths there. And first time he actually performed live his saxophone, um, I was part of the production of Hercules and Students Fest yeah, at I university. That. A couple yeah, of years ago. <laughs> um, uh, and John Paul, the drummer, um, I've endlessly asked him to l play live with me in beer fest in in uh, other performances even in x factor I asked him to be the drummer f at first um but we all, we never managed to to get something to to materialize but now that we're here is just magnificent um i've i've always admi admired how their work ethic is well balanced between gigs and and uh, recording and and studio time and i don't know I mean, I'm talking about a band that headlined um, Beer Fest three times on the main stage, which which is something that is admirable. You're walking island. into something that is already amazing and you're yeah. bringing yourself to it. Obviously, I'm standing on, on, on the, the success of where they stand. Though. Well, you know, we're going to talk about this in just a second, but if you don't mind for one second, Dave, I'm just going to ask uh, Sean, because these are big boots that Dave Jr. has to fill. Um, I'm going to ask you... Uh, why the departure of of Daria from the front line of the busker? 
So obviously that's a question better answered by Dario himself. I'm not going to be I'm going to be frank about this, you know. We all miss Dario as in as a friend. Obviously as a musician, he made this choice, he wanted to do something different, you understand? Like experiment, try to go back to his roots as well. So good luck to him, you know, for me from my end at least and from all the other band members and for, through discussion we're all very happy for him and we all wish him the best of luck for the future. So it was his choice, not yours? Yes, yes, definitely 100% his choice. Now, obviously, we leading up to the decision, there were certain points where we were at loggerheads with regards to what style of music we want to produce. We were at loggerheads in what style of band we want to be in the future. We love evolving, you know? We don't like staying at the same place as the, remain, the remaining three, so to speak. And uh, we knew, obviously, after he spoke to us about certain things, we had a long discussion. It was a bit difficult, obviously. I'm not going to say it was completely clean. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> it's a fact. But, you know, as in, best of luck to him. We still love him and he's still our friend, so... Well, that's good to hear. But, you know, he had such a very distinctive and unique sound, yeah. which really defined the busker. You yeah. cannot be a band as big as yeah. you guys are yes. and have a vo vocal... Uh, style and and delivery as strong as his without having a very very distinct sound so what were your th first thoughts it's, when Dario turned around and said I'm gonna leave it was very easy for me personally I'm saying as in not saying goodbye was easy but the future was easy in my in my opinion because as a not just a, a musician you're also an entrepreneur you're also a business owner you're many things when you're a musician especially trying to make it as a musician um, and you have to make a decision you know you have to turn your threats into opportunities and we said okay we have a distinctive voice here we had a distinctive voice he decided to move on that distinctive voice was a positive as much as it was a negative at times you understand it's either hate it or you love it that's what comes with a certain distinction of timber you understand now obviously when the opportunity presented itself slightly after Dyer's departure to have dave join the band it was a no-brainer for all of us you know we instantly said yes um and actually, like, David had suggested to him the fact, like, hey, listen, would you, like, be interested in doing a collaboration with us as a part of the XCP? And that was going to be his contribution at first. But then David told him, listen, if the opportunity is there, I wouldn't mind making it more than a collaboration. And that's where the goosebumps really that, started. That was you know? the conversation. That's where it started. Because Dave, Dave DeBasis, because we have two Davids, obviously. So yeah. it's hard to... David's now. It's hard to... Um, uh, decipher between us when you say just david <laughs> um, yeah i'm sorry about that so i no. was referring to so i i was recording one of my songs with the uh, dave at his studio uh, dave the bassist um and he <laughs> said and he said i have some good news and some bad news and i said uh start off with the bad news because that's what i want to hear um and he said well dario left the busker and i'm like okay at the point, uh, it just sparked a, a thought in my head. And I was like, okay. Um, and then he said, the good news is um, we're working on collaborations and we wanted you to be one in one of them. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Listen, if you were looking for a permanent singer, I'd be interested. And so it was a no-brainer for me as well because... It's probably about 10 minutes before David caught... David the bassist called John Paul and I, so we're really excited. Yeah, because for me, it was like... And we're going through this series of uh, self-isolation, okay? We're going through um, arts where it's they, we need to redefine ourselves as artists and define ourselves as mu the music industry in Malta. I realize that one of the biggest issues with my music and where I want to get is being on your own isn't always easy. I mean, I like the independence and the freedom of, of a solo project, but 
having people around you and and sharing that happiness is is part of it and i saw a movie into the wild i don't know if you watched it true um and it finishes off with this quote um happiness is only real when it's shared and that just i carry that forward can i just take a moment to say there's yeah. a, a lot of love in the room right now yeah you guys are just beautiful. It's, we <laughs> spend we spend so much time together nowadays that it's it's hard not to like the guy. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's so moving. I might cry. You're not gonna cry. Uh, listen, <laughs> you want a cake? Yeah. Um, before we come to to what you've been doing, I just want to touch base. Uh, you mentioned Dave that uh, about collab. You you were going to step in and do a collab, and yeah. he say, "Listen, let's take this to the to the next level." Now, you kind of set the scene, Sean, as the busker because you've done two extremely successful collaborations as the busker with guest front artists, uh, with Matthew James and also yeah. Raquel, and incredibly successful and done really, really well. Just a little bit more. And then, of course, you had the whole setup over at St. James mm -hmm. Cavalier in transition. And you kind of very cleverly engineered. Yeah, it's just a matter of dealing with the blows. <laughs> COVID <laughs> happened, you know. We're just moving around with the waves, you know, trying to make it work out. As in the, uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to lie. As in the, um, the collaboration with, with David Jr. was meant to happen before. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted it to happen before. I didn't want to tell everyone before the single came out that David Jr. David Jr. is our permanent frontman at the time that was the plan but the way it shaped out was perfect man he was heading headlining the concert like in transition <laughs> what better way to be in transition than having the new frontman front the band you know just I, I, so well. absolutely brilliant i mean we i'm very I, happy with the result i was going to ask you if it was if it was a conscious effort or whether it was organic most was it just it, a case of everything falling into place most of it was organic thinking from beforehand but obviously when things happen you have to adapt you can't just you know put 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 the guns down and say okay this is ruined fucked basically let's move on yeah i dropped an f-bomb she told me i can do that it's fine it's a podcast it's okay um now i'm going to come back to you in a second sean but now over to uh to to dave jr i'm laughing because sean's very very happy that he f-bombed um look uh dave i i introduced you as an x factor contestant yeah but what were you before X Factor? Let's let's talk about your journey. You were obviously a, a solo artist, an acoustic artist before X Factor. Also, I was part of a, another band that I was on your show as well before, Trudy, uh, Auntie Zillow Sofa. Yes, in, yeah. in court, of course. Yeah, um, the craziest name for a band ever. Yeah. <laughs> it was all sir, um, evolving around the fact that I love music. You know, it's like I, I have this idea that I want to make music my life and... and I and nowadays I'm realizing that I enjoy the process of writing much more than anything else. So ever since I started my pro solo project, I was already part of the other band Dante's Yellow Sofa. And the reason why I branched off into my solo project was because I felt like I wanted to write different things. Dante's Yellow Sofa, we had a very good work ethic with writing and we wrote two songs minimum per two weeks, let's say. Then I went into my solo project because I wanted to write more. Then I I went off to Australia where I wanted to focus on my music and, and I just 
spent eight months in a room writing music and I then I came to Malta and went into X Factor continued to write more music um, and that is what I want people to define me as and and maybe associate me with with um, not just music it's like original music writing music and not just fronting um, fronting the face of another cover a, a song which already exists it's giving my contribution towards it um, so what was your contribution towards the song that's in the charts at the moment that you did with recovering m- with yes, uh, Matthew Martin, James Matthew okay James. so the process for that song was this Matt and I are in a team kind of songsmith we're just kind of want to create a songwriting community um, for songwriters and maybe mentor people who want to um, write songs for people who want to and stuff like that this started last year before the pandemic hit in Malta part of it was that Matthew and I wanted to uh, have write a song together um, maybe for our portfolio maybe something just that we can collaborate on it happened very organically he was like hey he said I have this idea I said oh, yeah send it to me maybe I can work on it on some free time and I remember it was New Year's Day um, first January um, my girlfriend went for her night shift and I was like okay I'm, I'm free let me just try it on he he gave me up till the first chorus I added my verse and added some things as a production on the second chorus. So it's basically divided. Matthew James, uh, Dave Jr. with my sounds and then Mickey Margo's sounds. It was just literally a gig, not a laugh for us, but was just something that we shared, you know? When you do that and then it goes straight out into the charts and heads right to the top. I mean, I can think of things, a lot of things that I do for a laugh. That's not one of them. That kind yeah, of success is not understand. one of them. I can understand where he's coming from, though. No, it's but always it's a, fun, a fun thing to do. Yeah, it's, it's literally, it was, I mean, it's not, it wasn't, it's not your con- conventional song or way of songwriting. It's not something that was meant, it's not meant to appeal to everyone. It's me- it was just meant for us to put Matthew James, Dave Jr. and Mickey Margo, everyone with their sound, everyone has free as much as possible. For example, Matthew didn't in, um, interfere into what I wanted to add, and we didn't interfere in what Mickey wanted to add. It but was just an experiment for us. You are describing exactly what Matthew said when Matthew was on really? this podcast talking about when he got together with M Team. And the week later, I interviewed him with the yeah, M Team, and they talked that. about COVID, restructuring the way the people write music and produce music and this collaboration is something that seems to have come out of covid that didn't happen before For or sure. didn't happen as in much in reality they they the covid what it did by introducing an online presence between musicians is it streamlined the process really quick you know so if i want to add vocals on a track i just can just send it to david yeah. and he can add vocals on the track if david needed a weekend to work, to hear the sound before he can actually lay down some vocals he can do that in his own house we don't exactly. have to meet and wait you understand what i mean if we're looking for the right chord to the right chorus, you know what I mean? It's it's a matter of online presence, that's all. Just an email, a message, um, a DM, that's all. So you guys obviously haven't started writing songs together. Oh, we, uh, have. we have. We have. Oh, no. now just, we're talking. Just a little bit more. Initially, it was written by myself and Matthew's inclusion when I took the song to him, I think, two years ago now, even more. Then David even added some of his own ideas into just a little bit more when we were in the final production yeah. phase, when Matthew was there as well. So the point was myself, Dave Jr., the rest of the band, like John Paul, David of Sub Studios, myself, etc., etc. So it was like a massive party all of a sudden. And then the same happened to Drakela's song. David was a major contributor when it came to the songwriting of the actual song. So, and kudos for that. We changed it about 10 times, I think. Yes. 
<sighs> that song was a journey, so, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that was killer, man. <laughs> the faces you're pulling. Um, let's talk about uh, you guys working together under under the busker. Yeah. And I'm understanding from what I'm understanding, what you're saying is, uh, Dave, you are bringing to the busker songwriting and your style and uh, your individual and personal learnings. And obviously you're coming to the band. What would you describe for each other? What's the busker bringing to Dave Jr.? And th- what's Dave Jr. bringing to the can busker? Can I just intervene? Yeah, yeah. I, I think part what you just said might be a bit obscured because I'm, I don't feel like I'm bringing my style into it. Um, I think we're just trying to, to do something different um, from what they used to do and what I'm trying to do. Um, one, one thing which is just an artistic, artsy, um, deep thing that not a lot of people know about what my journey entails is this. Um, last year, this time, I, I released a song called 90s Tape, and part of that was me trying to reinvent myself as well. In the video, I mean, I always carried my image as the guy with these baseball shirts um, with um, two colors, gray and maybe a green sleeve, blue sleeve. I still do it, but within the video, I. I have a snippet where I'm packing those clothes and putting them into a bag. Reason being is this. Um, I feel like last year changed was hell for me and at the same time it's where the flowers bloomed. And and I feel like I'm trying to reinvent myself as an artist, as a person. I had so many changes within the last two years that last year it just materialized. Um, And with the busker, that's what it is. Um, I want to bring something new, not even just to the busker, but even to the kind of industry in Malta. Um, one of the thing is, I love how the busker just, they scream out, happen, like vibe, they have a vibe, you know, I think you can agree. Wherever they oh, go, definitely. they have their, this this like light feel. Um, and apart from that, that's, I think, what they contribute, and I want to ref- reflect it a bit more in the sense that we have a tendency in Malta to be mostly trying to show our kind of depth. Depth. I, I don't want to no. like it's cool. That's part of art. But sometimes we tend to forget that we should have fun with it. Well, how would you? That's um, that's exactly that's exactly what he said. Basically outlines most of what I feel in terms of what he brings to the table and what we bring to his table. I think something we give to David is a structure, a team, you know, a community. He's not going home on his own trying to think about the music anymore. Now he comes to us and shares that music. If he has a bad day now, he can come onto the chat and just tell us, guys, I had a really S-H-I-T day, you know, just so I don't say something else. You F-bombed and now you're spelling out the word shit. I just, I, I just, I just thought of the, the public backlash to that F-bomb. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, it's, and David brings to us obviously something else, which maybe he doesn't realize yet, but... He brings a sense of confidence that now we have, we can actually target different areas of the music industry and different genres of the music industry, and everyone can feel on board. You know. Well, so what? Well, well, what genres? Because you, you oh, kind I of. Love, you well I love pop. I, I can't lie to you. You know, I love pop music. I've always loved pop music. I'm not going to hide the fact. You know. Favorite I know, band. Favorite band. Oh, it's so difficult. Give Red, me a Red favorite Hot band. Chili Peppers. They are a big favorite for me, but they're not pop. You know what I mean? I was going to say the Red Hot yeah, Chili. Not at all. Not, they're not, not pop, pop, but but they they have the funk influence. The funk influence really is being implemented slowly into today's pop music, and it's just it just happens. You know, for me. And in terms of my favorite band. 
I can also mention Old J. Old J were extremely pop, but at the same time extremely deep. I don't know how they managed to do that. I, I that's some that's that's the journey, you know what I mean? But that's the craftsmanship also yeah. as well. It's like within the writing it's they're able to um hide the pop you know exactly because pop is such a shameful thing for some reason like i don't understand why they integrate they integrate their i don't want to call it style they integrate their message um but popify it and yeah. well you said that it, uh, pop is a dirty word if you said to why. me pop i would say britney spears that's no. the first thing that comes to mind no, and i sure i want to see you dressed up as britney spears i would love to dress up as britney spears but i, 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 I don't have the chest for that Judy. <laughs> And I, I have see too that. much chest hair for that, Trudy. <laughs> but there's hair wax and stuff. Oh, um, but you, but that's the direction that you're going. The yeah. busker is heading in. Not pop. only pop. We 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 don't want to. We don't want to close it into a box. You know <laughs> what I mean? We're going where we want to go. At that particular time, at that particular moment, that can be two weeks, three weeks from now, two months from now, a year from now, two years, five years, hopefully twenty years. You know what I mean? What we want to do then is what will define us. I don't want to set a target now or I want to set a limitation now because when you close yourself in a box, it's actually a limitation in reality. But the thing is this, like um, you can't blame anyone for trying to be more, um, not approachable, what's the word? Like marketable, more. Yeah, more you have to be marketable. That's the problem with, with- Mainstream. No, not, yeah. not even mainstream. I think it's about being, trying to attract, you know, attention. It's trying, it's trying to do something which is, m- maybe slightly out of the box but still invite people over all i think agree is that on the way here i was listening to the radio i'm hearing songs that have been playing since i think june last year obviously by um foreign artists at a ratio of 90s to one to a more yeah and then we hear we released a song as we put obviously a lot of thought into it we put um the hours in and we only maybe get two weeks or three weeks of playing, you know? So you can't blame us for wanting to go to a point where we want to be heard, we want to be... And where the radio stations can, okay, maybe not through my own opinion, but they can actually feel comfortable playing certain music, our music, you know what I mean? Some songs weren't playable by certain radio stations. We were told that face-to-face, you know, sometimes. You know exactly the difficulty it takes to to actually get on a radio station and get the place. But unfortunately, like you, you have to like create a sort of distinction. Yeah. You can't just create the same stuff just to be underground or just to be different, just to be non-pop, anti-pop, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You just have to do what you want to do. Plus, the word pop is is um, uh, is a broad term. It's a broad term because, in my opinion, like I said, a lot of music that we hear today um, is just how you hide the pop. You know, um, it's about and like I'm sure Matt told you this that he says that the col- collaborations are the way to go at the moment because um, genres are meeting and new genres are coming to life and and uh, we're hearing funk influences in in uh, things that we never thought about and um, we're hearing soul we're hearing uh, everything is coming together so just music is becoming one genre so just calling it pop is is, is just a term i got a couple of questions left for you guys okay the first question is obviously talking to you now seeing this massive smile on your faces and knowing that you guys are really excited about the future just makes me desperate to see you guys on stage now of course we are still in in the throes of the pandemic and, and that hit you guys probably more than most over the last year um before we talk about your dreams for the coming year and the year after do you think that you were supported enough bearing in mind how much 
revenue that you artists, performing artists and musicians would have lost last year? Do you, do you think that the, the arts and the performing arts were supported enough in the pandemic? I can't lie to you. It took a, a lot of struggle from the MEIA to, to actually get there, to actually get something, you know, to, to pry something out of the government's hands. You know what I mean? That shouldn't happen. Artists are the people who give color. They're the people who give a reason to go to a restaurant apart from the food. They're a reason to go to a concert and actually have fun, contribute and help in turning the wheels of economy. Well, not only that, but if you look at what happened in 2019, pre-pandemic, yeah. Malta hosted so many music events yeah. Yeah. that were bringing people to the yeah. island. And musicians, local musicians, standing up there on stage alongside international musicians, yeah. bringing revenue, tourism to the islands. Yeah. So yes, of course, you guys have a massive, massive part to play. Now, I, I don't want to be... A hypocrite in any way we're two of us now are frontliners from the band two out of four that's because obviously we have we have also a, a full-time job to do um he's a pod I'm a, I'm a pharmacist and um we understand that certain measures need to be taken we understand that certain safety measures need to be taken and we understand that with that comes a certain amount of sacrifice from our end we were prepared to make that sacrifice we did that sacrifice we lost the revenue we sacrificed next year's revenue by moving certain private functions onto the next year but at the same time we have to be realistic and like not try to point fingers here and there i'm not going to blame the government myself i only want to say that i just wish most people had an, a feeling a small feeling of social responsibility this goes way beyond just covid you know that truly you've you just posted um, a video if i'm not mistaken not a, a while ago saying that like at an actual park with bottles thrash trash remnants from fires ashes everywhere it's it's disgusting we have no respect for anything which is around us and i say we because i think everyone has a bit of guilt inside them everyone made a mistake you understand and i don't want to point fingers without not everyone, actually realizing not everyone feels that guilt yeah that's good i'm happy no for, i'm not for saying the no, ah, no, yeah. no. And what i'm saying is oh, okay that you're able you're aware <laughs> so of i'm throwing out a garbage no, bag no, you're, aware you're aware of it you're aware of the yeah. guilt that you're feeling <laughs> exactly Some people, exactly unfortunately and it just hurts it you know feel uh, feel like they're entitled to, to and that is the biggest problem we face locally entitlement i think if, if i had to answer your question i'm not looking at at um, what the government is doing with regards to supporting the local scene because in in times of, of struggle that we're going through um art becomes a luxury and even participating in art becomes a luxury because the bare minimum is is feeding families um uh, making sure that healthcare is working well what i feel that sh might have been hel helpful from our case is knowing that um radio stations and uh, other other platforms that we have um media platforms could have could have yes definitely could have taken a step further to promote support uh, local support, yeah, support yeah. local there are there are stations which help i, I have to say it some yes, stations yes. really really are the bread and butter of what is the prs chart at the end of the day you know when you see a chart from one to ten and you know that between the number one and the number five there are only about ten plays that is abysmal you know that is shameful not on the artists because they're producing top-notch quality music but on the stations they should be playing more local music now i'm not saying this to beg but we have quality now 
They yes. cannot say we don't have the production quality anymore. Because that used to be... We pour to... money into production quality nowadays. No, no I, I would say not only the, the, the not only the money. The money is not, not necessarily no. just the issue. No, you no, look, time. I've, money, been, I've been here 16 years. And you look at what was available and what was happening 16 years ago. And now the music that you guys have just produced in the last two or three months is I- incomparable. We're going steps. We're going steps. We're doing steps. We're going good strides towards the right direction. I think, as as and bands, as songwriters, as everything in every in every part of and segment of the music industry. Yeah. Even our music videos have a f- much higher quality nowadays. You know what I mean? Budgets have gone up. That is true. I believe. But again, it's about the quality of work, and that needs to be rewarded. And yeah. let's finish on a high note. Okay. First of all, I I'm gonna I'm gonna grill you and ask you when is the first single coming out? Oh shit. Um, no, let, let's let's put it this way. Um, I have no idea. No, let, let, let's let's <laughs> work, let's put it like this. <laughs> we realize that we have a process. We're inv- we're starting from the ground. Um, I'm starting from the ground because I'm writing for for three more people, not just for myself. So I'm trying to be the voice for four people, not just one. Um, so this first song that we're going to be releasing. Um, I started working on it by myself in November, um, and then this month actually end of february we started it um and we started from scratch again we erased everything we started it's again. basically we a completely different so song now are you feeling think the pressure the structure. Bec- you're feeling the pressure because you're going to be the first it's going to be the first single with a new line no. no because it's not about because as long as it we're happy with it we're happy i mean i want to make sure that us as four band members are all equally happy with what we're producing then what we release into the world or online um, is for anyone's appraisal or, or not. Or I not. Mean, you can do what you like. If you don't like it, you're more than welcome we're to criticize. Go, just no, give us a reason. We just want to go for the journey. <laughs> I mean, we want to make sure that the first one is, is um, our voices, our four voices. Um, so whenever it comes, it comes. I mean, we're not pressed with time. Not at all. So my last question to you. You guys uh, have, have not stopped smiling at each other. Sean's been very gently touching your knee, Dave, from time to time. There's and a lo- shoulder, don't make there's me a lot like of a naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of love in the room. I'm liking that. So my question to you is, if you ha- could have the ultimate, the ultimate goal, the ultimate occasion to perform, where would it be? Tell me, tell me where within, your goal... Within this island? No, as oh. high as your goals will take you. Stop it. There, there, there are so many. Uh, I have it. Oh, yeah, fame it. Um, tiny Desk. Tiny Desk is your tiny thing? Desk. I love Tiny Desk. That's really cool, actually. Have tiny Desk would be fun. Tiny he's, desk. he's very and right. For those there. who don't understand Tiny Desk, Tiny Desk is the, are these little productions they do with massive artists, you yeah. know, and they, they're just ne- behind the desk and they're just playing it live. It's you know? just like a office office setting. That's um, it. There's just like a bookcase just behind the artists, um, separated by a desk between the audience and the artist um they're all crammed in one small space it looks very low budget but the artists that participate in it are all credible yeah? <laughs> mac miller thundercat yes that's best. me npr that's npr um that's tiny desk one. sessions that's yeah, that's mine that gentlemen thank you so much thank you trudy for joining me here on the interview thank you so much for bringing so no, much love you. And so many smiles to the room. Uh, And I'm really, really excited to see what's going to happen with the busker. I can't wait to see the first single. I can't wait to see that energy that you have right now on a stage. Wishing you all the very, very best. Thank Thank you very much, Judy. It's coming. 